In the uh, book of Jude, in verse 3, it tells us to earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. And um, that is one of the things that we do in this ministry, is we contend for it um, so that we don't lose sight of God's will for us. <clears throat> Over the years, um, the devil has been very successful. <clears throat> Give me some water. Over the years, the devil has been very successful at moving people away from the things that was God's original plan for uh, his people. And so, which is what the word calls sound doctrine. And so when somebody stands up to preach uh, sound doctrine, <coughs> it sounds very strange to them. Um, you can show people things in the word and uh, they will have a problem with it still. Not because it's not, not because it's not in the word, but because that's not their tradition. And so it goes back to what the Lord told us about how people hold on, they overlook God's word for their own traditions and customs. <clears throat> so people um, leave comments on the YouTube videos and they do things like that and uh, trying to challenge uh, what it is that we preach. <clears throat> Thank you. And uh, they end up falling into a snare because they just don't believe. Really what it boils down to is they don't believe God's word. That's really what it boils down to. And people hate being challenged according to that word. Uh, a lot of times people, in, they go to church uh, because preachers make them feel comfortable about what they're living in. <clears throat> They want to, want to be encouraged um, and not corrected uh, because of what they're living in. And so people all the time, you know, and I, I read all of the YouTube comments, you know, and, and I appreciate people leaving comments. Um, and I try to respond to a lot of them. But people all the time, uh, they leave comments and they do and they say certain things because they don't, they just don't believe God's word. <clears throat> and because we've gotten so far removed uh, from the way that God did things, then it makes God's way look strange to people who are not connected to God. And they have a form of godliness, and that's part of the problem. People have a form of godliness, but they deny the power, you see. In other words, they don't change. Now, in this ministry, I'm not interested in having church members. I'm interested in having people who are connected to God uh, that want to change and that don't want to be the way that they were 
before they came to God. And one of the things we run into a lot of times is people come to this ministry and, and do not want to change. And then when they are being corrected and being challenged to change, uh, and because they have not crucified their flesh, they get offended and it's a fight. Uh, we don't back down just because you don't want to change. And in fact, uh, we encourage people, if you don't want to change, go somewhere where they don't preach it. Go somewhere where, they, where you really want to be, you see, because you don't want to be, if you don't want to be corrected, you don't come to the wrong ministry. If you don't want flesh to be killed and to die off, you don't come to the wrong place. You see, because I'm, I'm not intimidated by anybody. And I don't, I don't, you know, and that's another thing. <laughs> that's one of the things that the pulpit is missing, real men. Real men that run their home, and, that, and then because they know how to run their home, they know how to run the church of God. You see that? I was in a church several years ago uh, visiting there, and uh, the real big church, and when the pastor was uh, giving the altar call, uh, and he was a world-renowned pastor. I, 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 he had a TV show when I was a little boy, uh, that was geared towards children. You know, I'm not going to say the name of it, but it was geared towards children. And I remember, you know, when I moved to Tulsa, I didn't know that that was him. You know, I would listen to him on the radio, but I didn't know they were the same person. He, had a, he played a character on this show. And so I went to visit, and I thought, that's him. So I was sitting somewhere way in the back, and... Uh, and um, when he was giving the altar call, he... he Ask everybody, don't move, because because it's a big church, and they and people assume that he's about to dismiss. They want to go and get to their vehicle soon, so that they can they don't have to wait in line to get out of the parking lot. And so he asked people, do not move. When I'm giving all the call, do not move, because uh, people are making a decision that could affect the rest of their lives and and their life in eternity. So don't move, don't get up and start walking away and things like that. And so uh, I just assume, well, you know, people are going to listen. They're not going to move. But what happened? People started getting up and he would call them out. Ma'am, I said, don't move, sit down. And when he say that, the ushers would come to whatever aisle she was on and they'd stand right there to, at the, to make sure she went on back to her seat. And then somebody else tried and he called, ma'am, I said, we don't all the call, don't move, sit down. Now there's thousands of people in this church. And for whatever reason, these few people thought they were special. And I thought, now that's a shepherd. If you to me, if you can't now they already knew, now they were members there. They already knew what the rules were. They already knew. But it just shows you that people don't care about the salvation of other people. They don't need you up moving around when they're making a decision because the devil's already there trying to talk them out of it. And all they need is your distraction of you wanting to get to your vehicle so you could be the first out of the parking lot. You see. <clears throat> so I, I, I admired that. He didn't think, well, I don't want to offend anybody. No, you can't let the devil just run the way he want to run in your own church, you see. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. He did what the Lord would have done. Everybody understand? Now, 
Now you got a problem with that. You got a problem with authority and God. Everybody see. Don't tell me you serving the same Lord and that Lord whooped folks out of his building for doing stuff they didn't have any business doing. You see. So <laughs> we try to show this God, this God, the God that's the God of authority. Everybody understand? <clears throat> and sometimes people have a problem with it. You know, I don't know what other God these other pe preachers are preaching. Uh, but the God that I serve, he's on both sides of it. He's compassionate, but when he says something, he means it. Amen. Everybody understand? When he says it, he means it, you see. And so, and his preachers preach the same. And so sometimes people have a problem with that. And they want some wiggle room. There is no wiggle room. The righteous are going to scarcely be saved. There's no wiggle room there. The ungodly and the sinner, where are they going to go? You see? There's no wiggle room, see? And so, uh, <clears throat> we preach that Jesus Christ. Everybody understand? The one that's a leader. Not the one that tells you, you just, just fulfill your own dreams. Just do what you want to do. And I'll ride in the back seat and help you along on your own journey. No, you're going to do what I tell you to do. You're going to kill yourself and then come follow me. It ain't going to, there's no wiggle room there. Everybody understand? Yeah, there is no wiggle room. So we have to make up our minds whether or not we're going to serve the Lord. And that key word is serve. Not serving flesh, you don't get anywhere in God serving flesh. You have to serve God. Everybody understand? <clears throat> so, <clears throat> that's the God that we preach. And that's the one that people have a problem with. And so, when there are certain things uh, that they pay attention to, uh, when they have a problem with it to them, because they're so far removed, and I can always tell what a person is in the Lord by the questions they ask and by the, what they question concerning God's word. If Jesus Christ did it, then that means that that's, and he's our example, that means we have a right to do it. If we see his behavior with his disciples, then it shouldn't be strange to us that we see that same behavior in his church today. Amen. He corrected his disciples in front of each other. He called them by name. Everybody understand? So when we hear the word, when... Churches today who are following God are accused of being cults. What is one of the most common things that get a church labeled as a cult? The fact that people packed up and moved from wherever they're from, away from family, 
away from friends and loved ones and move somewhere else to serve God. I asked my wife that the other day. I said, what do you think is the number one thing? Now, I already had it in my mind, but I asked her, what do you think is the number one thing that, that makes people cult radars go off? The fact that people move. The fact that people actually leave what they love, leave what they know, and go to some place where maybe they've never been and start over. And that's what we hear, you know, we, over, just over the years, when people have come to this ministry, uh, family members, old friends and the like, they'll say that, you know, that, that must be a cult. They don't say it's a cult. Your job is a cult if you're moving across country somewhere to, to, that's going to pay you $10 more an hour. That's not a cult. And so this is one of those religious cows that we want to kick over this morning. I, I, I hope that people who pay attention <clears throat> to this ministry that watches on YouTube, whether they're sitting there smiling and thanking God for the word, or whether they're sitting there squeezing a little you know, high blood pressure ball because they're mad about God's word, I hope that we have enough sense if we show you things in the word that you'll believe it. If you want to be a disciple, you have to follow the patterns of God and not think that those patterns are strange or wrong just because you are not there yet. The idea is, Lord, I, I, I sure hope I get that kind of faith where I can pack up and move if I'm told to. Uh, a, a, a sister um, who lives in California, we spoke, my wife and I, we spoke to her and her husband not too long ago. I was, like I said, I pay attention to the comments on the videos. And on one of the videos, um, relo the importance of relocation, I think it might have been part two. I can't, I can't remember if it's another part to it or not. But she commented and she said, Brother Bolton, I really appreciated this. Would you mind preaching this again? Like, in other words, would you mind um, preaching another part to this? And so for whatever reason, that comment stood out to me. And so this is like another part to it, but on the other side. Does everybody understand? Some people, you're going to only grow so far being where you are. Does everybody understand? <clears throat> when you are around people, let's think about this. Think about what you were doing before you came here. Now, I'm not saying that God's truth and deliverance is your savior. But what I do see is the wisdom of God in moving you out of the environment that was set up to keep you where you were. Part of your problem with sin is the sin environment that you're living in. So just like oranges and other citrus fruit grows better in Florida and that climate, 
So does sin. Sin has a climate that it grows in. You're not going to grow oranges naturally so out of the ground in Alaska. And so God will tell you, get out of Florida. <clears throat> Everybody understand? Get out of Florida, go to Alaska, and let's freeze all of that junk that was causing the oranges to grow in your life. <clears throat> if you want to change, you have to change environments. So my wife and I, we were conversing about this the other day. <clears throat> she was talking about how when people want to get off of drugs, they go to a rehab. And she said they pull people out of their environment and you have to make a commitment to stay in that rehab and away from whatever environment that got you on the drugs in the first place. If you were an alcoholic, AA, even Alcoholics Anonymous, will tell you it's not wise to go around other people who are drinking. Why? Because that temptation is going to come back. So even the world got enough sense to know if you want to change, you can't be in the same environment that produced the old you to begin with. Even the world got sense enough, they got enough sense to know it in there, but church folks, religious people, well, you know, you ain't got to move. God is everywhere. David said, if I make my bed in hell, God is there. Does that mean I want to go there? <laughs> Everybody understand? Yeah, he's everywhere. That don't mean I'm supposed to be there. Everybody understand? How many of you ever worked at a fast food restaurant? McDonald's, Burger King, something like that. So how many of you, you had a specific location where you had to be? Could you go to the one in the next town and say, well, you know, Burger King is everywhere. I can work here. It's, it's, it's the same company. It's everywhere. What were they going to say? Who are you? No, you're not in our system. Everybody see. You see how that, that's just foolishness. It's foolishness. And you, you dismiss the word of God that tells you that in the end time, there will be a famine, not for food and water, but for the word of God. And people are going to go to the uttermost ends of the earth looking for that word. Everybody understand? And I just sincerely believe that everything that's got a cross sitting on top of its building is not a church. Not a church of God anyway. So if you serve God, you have to do what he tell you to do and be where he tell you to be. Amen. And you can't pay attention to folks that don't understand that concept. I, I'm convinced in my mind that some people just don't want to understand it. 
Because as soon as they pat you on the back for obeying what you were told to do by the Lord, then they'll be held accountable. They, they might get told to do something that they don't want to do. So I'd just rather stay in this environment, see. I'm not that committed to God. You see, so people want to pull you in the opposite direction. They're not committed and they mad at you because you are. If we look very, very, very carefully at the life of Jesus Christ, he would be the first cult leader. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. He went to folks' jobs. Follow me. Yeah, give it all up. Follow me. And they did it. Some of them had families. They did it. They quit their jobs and they followed him and they just marched around him, with him all over the place preaching. One man came to him wanting to be healed of blind eyes. He spit in dirt and made mud. Well, don't take all that. I saw you heal another man just speaking the word last week. Why you got to do that? Why you got to put spit in the man's eyes? Cult leader. He saw folks buying and selling in the church. Isn't that something? Is it a wonder why folks can't follow God now? When you selling your tapes and books, it's no wonder you can't follow God. You might have to answer to that. If you follow this one, the one you follow, and it'll allow you to sell all kind of stuff. When the book of Proverbs tell us to buy the truth and sell it not. Everybody understand? You still following the word. Because it ain't the truth you're selling. Everybody understand? So, <clears throat> not that anyone here need any reassurance of this. But you know, we got folks that listen to us all over the world. And some of them are being told to move here. They feeling that tug and we want to kick over this last cow. That is not a strange thing. Everybody understand? That is one of the biggest gripes that people have, even some of your own family members. Well, I just feel like, and not just the moving part, but the separation, right? you know. What kind of church tell you to separate from your family and not commune? The kind that follow God's word. I don't mind calling anybody to see how they're doing. Just checking on you, make sure y'all still alive, you need anything. But I'm telling you, in my new life, my eyes were open and my mindset changed and therefore just automatically, I couldn't have the same old friends if they were still out in the world. 
That was just automatic. We weren't going to have anything in common. And so what happens is people don't understand this new life. And what it is, it's not your friendship and you that they miss. It's really something self-serving on the inside of them. I just want company. It ain't about you. I just, I want company. Everybody understand? And so people, they, they challenge that. Well, you know, you, you, that's, that's a cult. You, you, you know, you're not even allowed to talk to your, your family members and come home and do this and that. And those will be the very ones that don't come visit you. Like my Aunt Terry used to say, that road go two ways. There's a, there's a solid line in the middle of that road. That means traffic is going in both directions. <laughs> Everybody understand? If you want to see me so bad, you, you, it's got gas down there, too. <laughs> Tennessee ain't the only place to sell gas. Everybody understand? <laughs> So you can't buy into the foolishness. Everybody in this world have a pull about them. Everybody. People that's in the world, they have a pull towards the world. When we were in the world, we had that same pull about us. How many of you were ever guilty of fornicating? And fornication takes place with somebody else. That's a pull. Everybody understand? Everybody understand what I'm saying? No, don't let the devil lie to you and tell you you were a victim. If you were there fornicating, you were the pull. Y'all were talking to each other. Pulling on each other. It is a pull. Everybody understand? Just pay attention to your life. Think about you became who you hung around. You didn't even have to know. They could have been doing stuff behind closed doors. You didn't know about it. But all of a sudden, you're getting these urges. It's a pull. And the devil knows that system of pulling. So he uses that to try to connect with you through old friends, old associates, and family members, you know, because folks think they live by that, but family first. Blood, you know, blood thicker than water. Try drinking blood. See how that quench your thirst. Everybody understand? Yeah, see how that quench your thirst. <laughs> I got my own blood. Does everybody understand? but I need water to live. How many of you know even when you lose blood, God has fixed your body the way it produces, it'll produce and fill itself back up? There's your blood thicker than water.
So folks, they don't like that. And I'm gonna tell you why they don't like the fact that you say in your hearts, you know what, I need to, I need to, I need to change. I need to just start from scratch. That's what happens when you come to the Lord. You start from scratch. And people don't like that because they haven't started from scratch. And when you start from scratch and you're evaluating your life and you're, and you're figuring out, okay, this situation is not good for me. This person is not good for me and my spiritual growth. Then all of a sudden you get those questions. Are y'all a cult? That's, that's a cult. Now I'm going to share something with you. You know, that I was sharing with my wife the other day when we were talking about this. I think it's something. Family members that you really even don't, don't really even get along with. Now all of a sudden they want to be your friend when you decide, I'm going to separate myself and I'm going to follow God with my whole heart. When you separate for God's sake, you're a cult. But how many of you ever fell out with those same family members? Or they fell out with you? Wasn't that separation? Okay, I'm going to put you on a timeout for a few months. Is that a cult? So in other words, as long as you're mad at somebody, it's okay. Everybody understand? As long as you're walking in unforgiveness, you're supposed to separate and just be around people that celebrate you. But when you do it for God's sake and for your spiritual growth, something off of that. How many of you ever put somebody on a timeout or you were put on a timeout? Did anybody scream cult when you were out in the world? Everybody understand? And some of us, we make the mistake, we put people on the timeout after we come to the Lord and we try to blame it on spiritual reasons. I move across the world when I'm mad at you. I, I, sometimes I don't think we believe how detrimental people from our past are for us and our spiritual growth. So we're going to use the word of God today to point that out and to bring this out so we'll understand that this is not something that's uncommon. Everybody understand? And we're going to turn over every leaf and rock to show you this is God's pattern. This is God's pattern. Everybody understand? This isn't something new. This is God's pattern. So let's read. Let's go to the 10th chapter of the book of Matthew. Unfortunately, some people have fallen for that okey-doke. And every last one of them that fell for it, they all went back out doing stuff that was being preached against and ended up basically back out in the world. 
Let me make this clear. The devil don't care about how many churches you attending every week. The devil ain't trying to run anybody out of church. In fact, he prefer that you be there to have your form of godliness. What he don't like is the power of God changing your life. That's what he don't like. Are we all there? The 10th chapter of the book of Matthew. Let's start reading at verse 24 now. It says, the disciple is not above his master. Everybody see that? Everybody see that? You understand what that's saying? If he's saying, if you pay attention to my life and the way I walk and the way I talk and how I do things, who are you to think that you're going to, number one, be treated better and number two, that you can get around and create your own pattern. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? They called Jesus Christ the devil, the king of devils. That's what that word Beelzebub means. He was the prince of devils. That's what they called him. He said, if they're calling me that, now let's think about it. I'm out here doing miracles. I'm raising the dead, healing the sick, you know, cleansing the leper, doing, and they still calling me the prince of devils. How much more so? What do you think they're going to say about you? Look at what it says. Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. You see what he's saying here? Don't let people use witchcraft to control you and pull you away from the word of God. That's why I say it sometimes, if, you if you're one of those people, you're concerned about what people think about you, you're going to only go so far in God before you stop. Because the closer you get to God, the more people are going to talk about you, and they do that to control your relationship with God. There ain't hardly a person in here that ain't heard their family members speak bad about this ministry. That's, that's a cult. They, they, they want you to move? No, we didn't want you to do nothing. I didn't know you. <laughs> Everybody understand? <laughs> and so the idea is, if I can get you to question, if I can get you to question your conviction and what God have laid on your heart, then I can control you. And for what? To go back home and see that the same folks are sitting on the same corner and ain't doing nothing? Them folks that's trying to get you to go back home, they ain't going to church nowhere. They ain't inviting you to go. They ain't even living what they false preacher is preaching about. 
Everybody understand? He says, fear them not, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed. Everybody understand what they're saying? At some point, now let's think about this. People that's telling you they got your best interest in mind and you don't need to be this and do that and it don't take all that to be saved. You just keep rejecting those lies and see how they turn on you. That ought to let you know it's the devil. How many of your best friends, and I mean real friends, real people that really, really love you, if somebody loves you, you know what they're going to say? I'm glad that you got a new start. I'm glad because you're doing better there than you were here. That, those are your friends. Those are, those are the real people in your life. But what is it? Crabs don't want to be left in a bucket. Oh, you think you better than us? That's what it really is. I'm convicted because I'm still in this bucket and, I, and I'm happy to be here. And I'm mad at you because you got out. He's saying people's motives won't be hid. You'll understand their motives. Everybody understand? Go and keep reading. Verse 27. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. And what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon what? The housetops. He's, he's saying, don't be ashamed of your conviction. We had people move here to be a part of the ministry. And when, when their loved ones and kin folks was asking, why did you move? Oh, I, I got a new job. I knew then you're not going to be here long. When you're ashamed to say, God told me. And when you got to look for every other reason, it's got some, you know, it, it's, they, got, they got big catfish up there. <laughs> every reason but God. <laughs> Everybody understand? No, God said and I don't care what you think about it. Verse 28, and fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body, where? He said, these folks don't have a heaven or hell to put you in. Why are you concerned about what they think about you? If they don't belong to God, their thought process is off to begin with. They can't see you anyway. You can be the biggest believer. You can be walking on water. There's something tricky about that. You can heal the sick and they wasn't really sick anyway. The flu only lasts a few days anyway. They was on the other side of it already. Everybody understand? You can, you can heal the blind, you know, and give them sight. Ah, they had that 30-day blindness. That new thing that have come out where you, you go a few days, you know. That's what they did Jesus Christ. 
which is why when they told him that Lazarus was sick, he took his time getting to him. Let me make sure he's been dead for four days. Then we'll go raise him up. And they couldn't speak against it, but you know what they said? What, what, what happened? The Bible says in the book of John that they sought to kill Lazarus after that. Let's kill the testimony that's, that's been dead for four days, you see. So in other words, it doesn't matter what you do. If people are displeased, that's just who they are. Everybody understand? That's just who they are. You ever just think just some folks are just negative? Some folks just, they, let's, let's think about this. The best thing that ever happened to you was God. That's the best thing that ever happened to you was God. And if people don't have him, they can't help but to be unhappy. The whole, I'm telling you from my own experience, the whole world, if they're not serving God, they are bitter. And there's not a one of them that's not. It just shows in different ways. And I'm telling you, the closer you get to God, the more you see it if you're around him. People get mad about that joy that lives on the inside of you that don't need a vacation to have it. Everybody understand? Why? Because when you're in God, you're always on a vacation. He said, come to me and what? I'll give you rest. That's your vacation. Your vacation is God. No, you ain't got to go spend thousands of dollars to go, you know, Lay on a beach somewhere. So he says, verse 29, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Does everybody see that? He's trying to get people past their worries of what the world thinks and their perception. You can only be used to the full extent that God want to use you at when you get beyond the witchcraft, in other words, people's mindsets and their thoughts about you. That is the reason why God has to pull people out of their old environment. Because if you're not careful when you're in that old environment and you're trying to live for God, it'll become a show. You're trying to live and prove that you're changed. And just that in and of itself keeps you from living for God to the full extent. When you're, because you're really living for other people. Oh, see, I'm not, I'm not this anymore. I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore. What do they care? In their mind, if they saw you still candid at five years old, you're still a thief. That's a, they, they, their, their memories aren't erased. Everybody understand? Now, do we all understand that forgiveness is God's trait? That's in God's DNA. And the only people that can truly, truly forgive are people that have God living on the inside of them. 
So that means that when the world convicts you, they can't forgive you. Everybody understand? Well, let me prove it. King David had a man killed for his own pleasure. And when God confronted him about it, David asked, you know, asked for forgiveness and God forgave him. He acknowledged what he did and God forgave him. Society, and as far as we know, King David never killed another man, you know, for his own pleasure. In society, you kill a man, you're going to go to jail. And in your heart, you may know I'll never, you may have the, the biggest remorse and you'll know I'll never do that again. Society does not care. You're going to do those years. You may even get life without parole. Why? Because it's not in the nature of society to forgive. Does everybody understand? You got folks that have committed acts like that, have committed murder, and they're truly remorseful, and they'll, and they'll never do it again. But that, that don't release them. The judge don't care about that. Society don't care about that. You're a menace. We got to put you away. Everybody understand? So it shows you it's not in the world to forgive. They don't have that in them. Why? Because only God knows the hearts of people. Only God knows when people are truly remorseful. And so that's why he's called the righteous judge. I know you'll never do that again. I'll forgive you. Does everybody understand? So when you're talking about your friends... That's why the conversation is always remember when. Remember when? And I feel sorry for people because they spend their whole life trying to prove I'm not that same person. See, I'm, see? And they even go out of their way to try to prove this isn't a cult. I'm, I'm going to call all my family members and, and talk to them. And, and don't waste your time. Does everybody understand? God don't need for you to prove anything about this ministry. Just live his word. Everybody understand? So he tells us in his word how valuable we are to him. The fact that he's numbered the hairs of our heads. Let's go and keep reading. Verse 32. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. Everybody see that? Now let me make this clear what he's talking about when he's saying confess. He's not talking about with your mouth per se. That's the reason why we started back at verse 24. We want to read this in context. He's talking about not being afraid to, to share and to live your conviction. If God told you to move to Tennessee for his sake, you ought not to be afraid to say that. 
That's confessing him. Does everybody understand? God don't need, God don't need for you to, 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 to catch the curveballs that are thrown at him. He don't need for you to take the brunt. Well, I'm going to try to keep God from looking crazy. <laughs> That's what faith is. Faith always looks crazy to the world. It always will. Does everybody understand? And I'm going to tell you this. My prayer is that people will learn to step out of that boat. And step out in the faith because that's where the testimonies are. When I came, when I moved to Tennessee, I moved up here on a bus. I rode a Greyhound. And whatever I could fit in my bag, that's what I had. Is it that way now? Does everybody understand? God rewards faith. And you got folks that are afraid to step out and, and, and you'll know them because they don't get anywhere in life. And what I mean, I mean in that Christian walk. And God will let you stay safe. He'll let you stay safe. If you want safety, he'll let you stay there. But you won't have a testimony. Everybody understand? I was thinking about that. I was t my wife and I, I was talking to my wife about that on the way here today. It just came to me. If you will, if you will write down 40, I will give you 15. If you will write down 40, I will give you 15. Everybody know what that means? We're sitting in it. The people wanted $55,000 for this building. Never mind, it's worth 130000 So we, we knew we were getting a deal with the fifty-five. But the Lord said, if you write down 40, I'll give you 15. Well, we didn't have $40,000 in the bank. And we had to pay $1,000 earnest money just to say, you know, earnestly, we're really considering buying this. But if we don't come up with this $40,000, you all get to keep that 1000 And God raised that, that 40000 He raised it. Everybody understand? But as, as long as we're just sitting back, oh Lord, I'm, I'm, I can't do that. That's not the God I serve. <laughs> you just keep sitting back and, and get bitter while God is blessing everybody else around you. I thought about, so you all heard us share about the, the amount of money that the Lord blessed us with to get some more land. And I told my wife, I said, you know, I sincerely believe if we hadn't stepped out, 
and bought that combine, I don't believe we'd have got what we were supposed to form with it. Does everybody understand? I was just thinking about the, the acre behind my house. Okay, so this is a little patch right here. We can, you know, just do the combine right there. And the Lord said, you just wait a couple of weeks. So when we, when we knew, okay, we're supposed to buy some more land, I told my wife, we're not going to do, we're not going to farm right here. This is going to stay a yard. Everybody see how the Lord moves in steps? Buy the combine. Then when you buy it, then I'll give you the money to buy some property to farm with it. That's the, that's the issue with faith. It starts on the, at the end. And then it works backwards. Does everybody understand? So, the Lord have these things for us uh, to help us and to bless us. And we have to get beyond what people think, their thoughts, process, all of that. Because the truth be told, you can go out and conquer the world and you're going to still be that five-year-old that stole that candy. People are going to keep you in whatever box you were in when you were around them. That's, but that's for their own sake, for their own comfort. Because if I keep you in the same box that I'm in, or even a box that's worse than the one that I'm in, then you're no better than me. I had a lady tell me some years ago, she said, yeah, when you are preaching, you think it's about you. You think you, you just up there just preaching and you think it's about you. And this is an old lady. And I told her in front of her husband, no, ma'am, the devil got you thinking that. That's what you think. You think that, you see. No, you're not going to put your junk on me. Everybody see. What it is, folks got a problem with, a conf with confidence. I believe what I'm preaching. Everybody understand? I sincerely believe what I'm preaching. So let's go ahead and keep reading here. Verse 34, think not, now let's pay very close attention to this verse. Think not that I am come to send peace on the earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. He's talking about war. Don't he, what, everybody understand what he's saying there? How many of you got the red letter edition of the Bible? How many, so is that read in your Bible? So who was talking? So we, we labor, he's the prince of peace. And peace is part of the, that's, that's one of the fruits of the spirit. Yeah, for folks that belong to him. But that same peace that he, that he downloads into your heart when you start living for him, it causes a war with people that's on the outside of that. Does everybody understand? 
He said, so don't think for one minute that I've come here to make you get along better with people. That's not why I came. In fact, and then he didn't leave it at that. He said, in fact, I came to put you at odds with people. I came to make it more clear who's living in the kingdom of darkness and who's living in the kingdom of light. I came so that you wouldn't get along with the world. Does everybody see that? Verse 35, for I am come. And just in case we don't think that's what he's talking about, he goes further in detail. For I am come to set a man at variance. Everybody see that? Against who? If I'm saved and daddy don't want to be saved and he want to stay out in the world, we're going to have some issues. Does everybody see that? Is that in your Bible? For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against who? He said, I come to set it off. You might have, now here's the issue. When you grown, you can pretend all you want. After you get grown and you're not saved, you can pretend we get along. See, we all go to family reunions, and the Lord knows good and well. Y'all ain't on the same page. Y'all can't, can't hardly stand to live with each other. But he said, I come. I come sure enough to draw this line. Not just to draw this line, but to set you against your own flesh and blood. So here's what we have to know what he's talking about. He's not talking about, oh, so you're just such a Christian and everybody hate you. He's saying that spirit that's on the inside of them is not of me. And that is going to hate the spirit that's on the inside of you that is of me. So it's going to seem like to you a personal attack. But in reality, this is a spiritual war. So you don't have to pretend to get alone. This is natural when you give your life to the Lord. Does everybody understand? Let me make this clear just in case we don't know. Everybody that's living in this world, you got one spirit or the other. There, there are no free agents. Everybody's playing for a team and there are only two teams. And everybody in this world is playing for one of those two teams. Does everybody understand? I was reading an uh, article the other day uh, where Shaquille O'Neal was talking about his first encounter with Michael Jackson, uh, Michael Jordan, I'm sorry. And he was saying how when he first played him, before he played him, he had this thought, man, this is... This guy, he knew who he was, of course. This guy is the greatest of all time. I'm talking about Michael Jordan. He's the greatest of all time. And he said, I know 
he, of course, Shaquille O'Neal, it was hard to dunk on him because of his height and, and pretty intimidating size. And so he thought within himself, how do I balance respect and plan against him? He said, now I know he's going to come in and try to dunk on me. That's for sure. Because of my height, he's, gonna, he's got a point to prove. Because there's a new big man in the NBA. He said, but I can't let this man dunk on me. You know, but he, and then he thought, but they're not, then people are going to hate the fact that I've hurt him you know, when he tried to come in and I put him down on the ground. So he said, sure enough, first quarter, Michael Jordan comes down, he rebounds the ball, he comes down court and he tries to dunk on him. And Shaq was standing there to meet him and put him down on the ground. And he felt bad apparently, so he went to reach and give his hand to Michael Jordan to help him up. And, but Michael Jordan didn't reach back up. Michael Jordan told him, don't you ever, when you put a man on the ground, don't you ever help him off the ground. He said that was a lesson for him. Michael Jordan was teaching him, this is a competition. We ain't friends when we got on different uniforms. You need to play to your full ability. It doesn't matter what the name is. If you got a responsibility to play for your team, and that don't include helping me off the ground. So from that point on, you see Shaquille O'Neal from that time, time on, when, he, when somebody tried to come in and he put him on the ground, he just stepped right over him. You help yourself up. You just playing for the wrong team, that's all. <laughs> and this is our lesson for today. You have an opponent. And there are some folks wearing his uniform with your same blood on the inside of them. You have to know we're not playing for the same team. Does everybody understand? You can't respect the devil. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? There's nothing friendly about them. If they're not playing for this team, then they are your enemy. Bottom line. Don't be deceived about it. Everybody understand? If you don't believe that, just pay attention to folks that you may still communicate with. You can tell them, look, I don't want to discuss religion. I don't want to discuss my pastor. I don't want to discuss. And some kind of way, it's still going to come up. They're going to challenge your faith and what you've been taught some kind of way. Does everybody understand? Let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse uh, 35, for I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter, against her mother and the daughter-in-law, against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own, what? Household. Does everybody see that? What does the word foe mean? Enemy. He's saying your, your biggest enemies, when you give your life to me, that is going to be folks in your own home. Folks that you grew up with. Those, those are going to be your biggest enemies. Because they're going to try to challenge your commitment to family over God. 
And you're going to have to make up your mind to choose God. Let's go and keep reading. Verse 37. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Everybody see that? So you see, now I want you to see the progress here. He's telling you who's, who's going to be your biggest enemies? Your family. Father and mother. Siblings, all of that. And then he turns around and says, and if you love them, love who? Your enemies. More than me, you're not worthy of me. You know why? Because you don't realize they're your enemy. You don't even know what team you're playing on. Says you're not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Everybody see that? Now, do you understand what they're saying there? You're not going to heaven. Loving family more than you love God. You, everybody understand? If, if the devil got any string attached to you, that's the string that he'll use to pull you into hell. He don't need five strings. He don't need ten, just one. Just one attachment. Does everybody see? Let's keep reading. And verse 38, and he that taketh not his cross and what? Follow. Does everybody see that? Now here's the question we have to ask ourselves. How are we following God? And I mean that literally. How are we following God? What does it mean to follow him? Come here, Joshua. Here, I want you to follow me. Does everybody see what it means to follow? In other words, you got a leader. And you walking where they walk. You can go ahead and go back to your seat. Everybody see that? You have a leader. And you're moving somewhere. Everybody understand? So then we have to ask ourselves, how are we following God? If we're believers, we're supposed to be following. We're moving along. How are we following him? That's literal. Does everybody understand that? Verse 38, and he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that what? Findeth his life shall do what? Now, Let's explain this verse here. He's talking about he that findeth his life. If I find something, what did I first have to do with it? I had to lose it. You don't, everybody understand, it had to be lost. So that's talking about folks that have started off following and lost their life. But then they got into it and nah, I don't... This ain't all it's cracked up to be. Let me go find my old life. How does, how does that look? Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband's ass unto the Lord. Okay, Lord. That is, okay, so Brother Bowden, this is his 50th time preaching this. I guess it's in the word. I'm going to try it out. <laughs> I 
Allemaal falen. So my wife calls, sister, so-and-so, how you doing? Uh, sister Bowden, I'm holding on. I'm yet holding on. I mean, this is, I'm seeing the results. So, you know, I, I like the atmosphere in the home. All, it's, it's just okay. It's, it's working out so far. Two weeks later, sister, how you doing? Sister Bowden, not too well. What happened? My husband said something got on my nerves. And I just, I slid all the way back. <laughs> what has happened? You have found your life. Does everybody understand that now? I laid it down. I'm submissive. But then when my feelings got hurt or something didn't go my way, I became unsubmissive. I've picked it back up. And so what does he say has happened after that? When you find your life, shall he that findeth his life shall do what? Lose it. And he that loseth his life for what? My sake, not for yours. See, that's the problem. People only want to submit when they're getting something out of it. You have to lose your life for his sake. Lord, you said it, and so I'm going to obey it. Amen. Not because the atmosphere in my home is right and we're not arguing anymore. The devil will find you with that. Amen. Does everybody understand? So you lose it for his sake, then you'll find it. Verse 40, he that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. Verse 41, he that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. Why does he say that? Because those are the ones that's going to preach it. Does everybody understand? Uh, most of us were in grade school at some point. And when we graduated from high school and things like that, everybody went their separate ways. And they walked the path that it was going to take for them to accomplish what they wanted to accomplish. Does everybody understand? Now with me, when I graduated from high school, I had a hard time dealing with that, I think, because with me, I had gotten attached to people, even people that I didn't commune with. Even people, that, because you, you know, you go to people, go to school with people for 13 years, you're just used to seeing them. And to me, it was like we were all brothers and sisters. You know, we were all being raised by the same teachers in my mind, you know. We're all family to me. That's the way it was to me. And so I remember when I graduated and the graduation was over and I'm still standing out in the parking lot, I began looking around and I began thinking, man, I, I may never see some of these people ever again. This might be my last. And, and that was just a reality. 
And so, you know, so from fast forward a few weeks later, I'm in the Navy, and, and then I have to get used to this life of being stationed here, being stationed there. Like everywhere you went, you made friends, but then you moved on. And it was according to what your end was going to be. So some of us, we, went to, we wanted to become doctors. So they went to school and then went to medical school and they became doctors. Some of us wanted to be lawyers. So they went to school and they went to law school and they became lawyers. Some of us wanted to be electricians. So they went to that and, and became an electrician. Some of us wanted to be accountants. Some of us wanted to work at fast food or whatever. Whatever path we're at right now, we walk that path to, to get to that place. And so, I don't know anybody that graduated from law school and became an attorney that's mad at a doctor for not going to law school to become a doctor. Because it is understood that whatever you want your end to be, that's the path that you walk. It's understood except in Christianity. We know that people, when they want to have a certain career, that, then you can tell them, well, if you want to be a lawyer, you go to law school. You want to be a doctor, you go to medical school. You want a career in this, then you need, these are the steps you need to take. We apply that in every aspect of life ex except when it comes to God. With God, is just all in the open. I want to be an attorney in God, but I'm going to go to medical school. I can do whatever I want. I can be wherever I want to be. And there are no real paths in God. It's just all up in the air. We just all just walking around blindly. And just, and just, just wherever we land, that's where we are. Is that the way it is? Jesus said, and he that taketh not his cross and followeth after him. Everybody see that? Is not worthy. He said, if you want to be a Christian, you have to follow him. Amen. And more specifically, follow his command for you. Does everybody understand? You cannot. It is impossible. It is impossible to grow in God in a place where he's, where he's called you from. It's, that's not going to happen. And so when people want to be an attorney or a lawyer, they go to law school. They don't go to medical school. You know why? Because the curriculum doesn't match up. In other words, the mindsets are different. And so what happens is when God...
calls you, one of the first things he does is call you out of the environment with the old mindset. If you want to change your mind, you have to be around folks that are not like-minded. In other words, folks that don't have the same old mind that, you, that God is trying to pull you away from. That is one of the things that when people get in touch with us and they, they want to move here, that is one of the things that they say or they want to visit. That's what they say. I want to be around like-minded believers. People that believe like me. You know why? Because there's a strain on them. There's a pull there. They know it. I'm not, it's like I just feel like I'm stuck. I'm around people that don't even understand me. Everybody understand? So we as true believers, we're not called to walk a path with those that are confessing with their mouth but not changing in their hearts and their attitudes. God has called us up higher than that. So who is the father of faith? And that's a big, that's a big title, isn't it? That, isn't it? That's a title to have, and nobody else will ever have that title. Ain't nobody else going to be born, and, and God switches that and give that to somebody else. That's a big title, isn't it? Father, the father of faith. We'd just be happy to be called the sons of faith. But there, he was called the father of faith. That's a big title. And ain't nobody can take that from him. Does everybody understand? So much so that thousands of years later, God refers to himself as the God of Abraham. Isn't that something? When God uses you as a reference point, For his own identity. Everybody understand? He knew his name was Yahweh. He knew he was Jehovah. But when he referred to himself, he called him, I'm the God of this individual. Thousands of years, y'all know him. So if you know him, this is who I am to him. I'm just trying to show you what God thought about Abraham. And even throughout the Old Testament, he referred, he, when he says Abraham, years and hundreds of years and thousands of years later after Abraham had died, he says, Abraham, who was my friend. Now I feel like if somebody, if God given somebody that kind of props, we need to know something about them. Don't you think? Let's go look at them real quick. Let's go to the 12th chapter of the book of Genesis.
Are we there? The first, we're going to start reading at the first verse. Now, this probably might not be the first conversation that God has had with Abraham. But this is the first recorded conversation. Who wrote this Bible? And this is what God, now the man that God refers to himself as. In other words, in relation to, I'm the God of Abraham. The first thing that's recorded that he says to Abraham is what? Now the Lord, verse 1, now the Lord had said unto Abram, what? Get thee out of thy country, and what? And from who? Thy kindred, and what? And from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. First recorded thing he said to Abram. Everybody see that? Now let's go down the, and let's read verse 2. And I will make of thee. In other words, this is the condition. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee. And make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. Why? Because you got out. Abram was born in paganism. He was from the Middle East. They, he was born in paganism. That's the reason why he married his own sister. Does everybody understand? So God knew you're born in this junk. I got to pull you out of that. And if you do what I'm telling you to do, I'll make your name great. I'll bless you. Does everybody see? Thousands of years later, I will refer to myself as your God. I'll make people know who, that, who I am by you, Abraham. I tell you what, that's the life I want to live. Where I'm so blessed and thousands of years later, people know about it and they say, the God of Brother Bolton, that was the God there. Can people say that about us today? Does everybody understand? He said, verse 3, And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Everybody see that? He was saying, if you move, you get away from your kindred. The father of faith. The first order he got was get away from folks that you know, and get away from your environment. Why? Because the blessings that I have for you, that environment is going to eat it up. Verse 4, so Abram did what? Departed, and that's why we keep reading about him. Because he did it. Okay, Lord, I'm getting out. And if you read in the book of Hebrews, it says that he got out not even knowing where he was going. Most of you, when you left your hometown, you could tell people, I'm moving to Tennessee. Think about what it would have been if you said, no, I don't know where we're going. The Lord just told us to move. We don't know where we're going. That's your father of faith. And we're supposed to be his sons and daughters. 
So why is this so strange now to the church? Why is it a strange thing to get away from folks? To get away from old environments and old mindsets and away from family members. Why is that strange? Unless they have moved away from faith. Everybody understand? I'm telling you, it costs something. Does everybody understand? No, we're not preaching like it's easy. It's not easy. Which is why the Lord said that God knows when sparrows fall out the sky. He knows every last one of them that's in there. They're not up there in the, in the air for nothing. He knows they're there. And he cares for them, and you're worth more than they are. Does everybody understand? How many of you ever seen a bird working a job? How many of you ever pulled up at the fast food restaurant and they were there taking your order? How many of you work with birds? Everybody understand? But do you see them in, a, in the picket line? Do you see them in these bread lines? Who do you think it is that's commanding the worms to come up to the surface? Everybody understand? <laughs> and birds have no soul. The Lord didn't die for them. But, and, and, so, and so we think we're going to heaven? Not knowing that God cared more for us than birds? Does everybody see? Let's go real briefly. Let's go real briefly to the second, the sixth chapter of Second Corinthians. I'm trying to make sure that we comb through this. And I know this is for other individuals. I believe everybody here is convinced, but I, I, you know, I feel like the Lord want us, to, want us to make this clear. Everybody understand? Is everybody there, the sixth chapter of 2 Corinthians? Let's go ahead and start reading at verse 14. Be ye not, what, unequally yoked together with who? For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? Everybody see that? Well, that's my family. That's, we've been friends since third grade. How are we still friends if we're serving two different masters? Go ahead and keep reading. And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? And what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement? Now that's one thing you have to ask yourself. How are we in agreement here? 
If, if I'm friends with folks in the world, that means I still have the same mindset. I, I, how can two walk together except they agree? And what agreement have the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, in other words, this is why, what? Come out from among them. Did he mean what he said? Come out from among them and go back and visit sometime? What does it say? And be ye what? Separate. Saith who? No, Brother Bolton, that cult. Come out from among them and be separate. There you go. That is why your family members gripe and complain. But they don't come on your turf because the devil can't beat you on your turf, but he can beat the mess out of you on his. Does everybody understand? The devil got enough sense to separate himself. It's you he want on his field. He want the home court advantage. All of this fornication you left, it's going to be here when you come visit. All these old girlfriends, all these old boyfriends, it's going to be right here. Come on. Oh, wait a minute. Let me go talk to your mama and get her to run this guilt trip on you. I'm an old lady. I'm getting up in age. and that, You know what? Okay, mama. You got a car. You drive everywhere else. Everybody understand? They driving to Canada and can't come see you. No, when you get off the phone with that devil, you have to say, it's just in your own private. Get, get thee behind me, Satan. Everybody understand? You know how to drive, devil. <laughs> they scared they're going to come here and get saved for real. <laughs> and most of the ones that do come visit, what they do, what they say when you say, you, you Come on, you want to go to church? No, that's all right. <laughs> Verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them and do what? Be ye separate, said who? And what? And touch not the unclean thing. And then what? I'll receive you. So you see the trap there? You go on a visit, he can't receive you because you ain't separating. Everybody understand? You're not coming out from among them, he, he, he can't receive you. Everybody understand? Look at what that says, verse 18. And will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, said who? The Lord Almighty. Verse, chapter 7, verse 1. Having therefore, in other words, since you know about these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting what? Holiness. How? In the fear 
of God. Everybody see what that's saying there? It is impossible to cleanse yourself from filthiness of the flesh and spirit and perfect holiness when you are around people that are unbelievers. When you are in that old environment, that's your first step. You can't clean dirty dishes and dirty water. So what happens when we got a lot of dishes to wash and we see that water getting dirtier? We're going to keep just, just, just washing by faith? No, we're going to let this junk out and run some clean water in. Everybody understand? How many of you go clean dishes in a mud hole? Does everybody see that? Now, we got that kind of sense spiritually, so we ought to have it naturally, so we ought to have it spiritually, so. That's the bottom line. It ain't, even the world knows the standard there. If I want to be a certain way, I have to be around people who are a certain way. Everybody understand? And look, poor Paul, look at what he said in verse 2. Receive us. We have wronged no man. We have corrupted no man. We have defrauded no man. Everybody see that? Everybody see? Because he knows this is going to be a hard pill for y'all to swallow. This is going to be a hard pill. Leaving folks behind? That's going to be hard. But he's saying, but receive what we're saying here. What, what are we? We're not out here corrupting people. This is for your sake. Everybody understand? So, then the question is, I hope y'all want some more. Is that in the Bible? What we, everything we're reading is in the Bible, right? So you, I'm trying to show you the pattern of God. So then we say, well, Brother Bowden, what do we do now? You know, and that's what your family members say. So y'all done got up there. <laughs> How y'all getting along? Y'all don't miss us? You don't call like you used to. How many of you notice folks that start calling and doing all that until you got away from them? Now all of a sudden they miss their best friend. <laughs> it's that, it, you, everybody understand. I tell you what, we as believers, we have to get over being brand new. Let's not go home and visit because folks are going to be happy to see us for a minute. Day three comes, they tired of us, and we, we tired of y'all too. I'm going back to Tennessee. So does God, when he tells us to move, does he leave us empty-handed? When he tells us to get away from folks, does he leave us empty-handed? Let's go look at this pattern. Let's go to the third chapter of the book of Mark. Again, we're trying to turn over every brick that the devil done put on this ground here. The third chapter of the book of Mark, we're going to start reading at verse 31. Are we followers of Jesus Christ? 
If we're followers of his, let's, let's take his example. Everybody understand? Is everybody there? The third chapter of the book of Mark, verse 31. All right, let's read. There came then his brethren and his mother, and standing without, in other words, outside, sent unto him, calling him. That's a loaded scripture. Let's see what that's saying there. Let's picture this. Jesus is on the inside somewhere preaching or doing whatever he's doing. Mama and brothers, they stand outside. They know he's in there doing the work of the kingdom, but they stay outside calling him. They could have just went in and fellowshiped. Okay, Lord, you in here preaching? Okay, I thought so. Let me go on in here and hear what you got to say. No, I'm going to stand outside. And I'm going to call you out here. Everybody see? We're talking about the pool. So here you are, serving God, doing things, moving in the spirit. Folks calling you. When are you coming here? Verse 32, and the multitude sat about him. Everybody see that? All kind of people around him. They know he's in there busy. We don't care. You supposed to be the big brother. You don't just forsook family. Let's go ahead and keep reading. And they said unto him, behold, thy mother and thy brethren, what? Without, in other words, outside, seek for thee. The devil seeking for you. And verse 33, and he answered them saying, what? Oh, let me hurry up because, you, you know, I, I got to, I got to, they, they got to get saved one day. I got to be an example. I can't just cut folks off. I mean, maybe if I just, you know, be around them a little bit, maybe they'll see that I'm really the real deal and they'll start living for me. How are we going to get them saved if we're not around them? Is that what he said? No, what does he say? Who is my mother or my brethren? And he looked round about on them which sat about him. Not folks on the outside trying to call me out. Folks that's already here. That's listening to what I'm preaching. And said, behold, my mother and my brother. The folks that's going to hear the same word I hear. These are my brothers and sisters. This is, this is my mama. Everybody understand? Who's talking here? Let's read verse 35. For whosoever shall do the will of God, the same is my brother and my sister and mother. Does everybody see that? You see the pattern there? Get out from around your kinfolks. Just naturally so. We're going we're gonna bring to it, bring it together. Get out from around them. Let's, let's, now let's, let's read the answer to this. Let's go to the 10th chapter of the book of Matthew. Is everybody still here? I'm sorry. Let's go to the... Um, hold your spot there. 
Is everybody still here? Let's go to the 10th chapter of the book of Mark. Everybody there. We're going to start reading at verse 28. Is everybody there? It says, Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have what? What? Followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that have left house. Everybody see that? Well, you just bought a house. How can you leave it? You just moved in here. How can you leave it? Everybody say, You already established here. You got a good job. How can you leave it? There is no man that have left house or who? Brothers or what? Sisters or who? Father or who? Mother or who? Wife. I don't believe for one bit. I don't believe that for one bit. The Lord will tell you to leave your wife. Will he do it? If she don't want to follow. I don't believe for one bit. God will just tell you to up and just leave your family. Our children. Everybody see that? You deadbeat. That, that is not the Lord. <laughs> Everybody understand? Our lands for who? Just in case we don't know. For my sake. And who? Gospels, the word that you heard. So you mean to tell me you're going to pack up and leave for because some preachers up there? Yes. That shows you people don't believe this Bible. Read verse 30. But he shall receive in a hundredfold. When? Now in this time. What? Houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands but with what everybody see that that in your Bible he's talking to folks that's already there you're going to be persecuted that but I, you, like I was sharing the other day the more I'm persecuted the more I'm blessed that's why I don't fight against it oh you don't like me okay but thank you, thank you. I'm a, thank you for letting me know to expect a miracle tomorrow. Everybody understand? And in the world to come, what? Eternal life. Everybody see that? We see the pattern there? So what the law was talking about, what we just read in the third chapter of the book of Mark, this was the answer to that. Who are my mother? 
Who are my brother? In other words, I left that behind. I left that behind. So who are my mother? The old lady sitting on the front row. Who are my brother? The ones that's helping the old lady to the car. Everybody understand? Somebody say, why we got to refer to each other as brothers and sisters? Sister so-and-so. Brother, I don't see that in the Bible. That's because you ain't reading it. Everybody understand? Yeah, that's because you're not right. I got a problem with it. Well, that's because you don't belong to this family. Who are my mother? Who are my brethren? Y'all ready to close? my hand up here and start rattling back. Let's go. Um. <laughs> How many of y'all missed that jump? Yeah. Just talk the word. You ain't got to sing it. Let's go to the first chapter of the book of Galatians. something out to you all to just help to bring this all together. Is everybody there? First chapter of the book of Galatians. It is after the book of 2 Corinthians. That's one of those books that like to hide. Just like Philemon. How many of y'all know where that's at? <laughs> Philemon? You mean that's not Philippians? No, they're two different, two different people. <laughs> Some people think that's the preacher just mispronouncing Philippians. Let's just turn to the book of Philemon. <laughs> nope, two different books. All right, we're going to we're going to start reading at verse 13. It says, "For ye have heard of my conversation when in time past in the Jews religion. Everybody see that? This is Paul talking. You heard of how it used to be. How that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. Everybody see that? Did y'all see what he said? What did he do? He wasted it. So that's not a term that we come up with. I'm going to waste you. How many of you heard that back in the 80s and 90s? That was somebody's way of saying, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to waste you. and I'm going to throw you away, in other words. Yeah, Paul, that was his term. I wasted the church. I was killing them people. Let's go and keep reading. And profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in mine own nation. Everybody see? In where? My own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of who? 
my fathers. Now let's pay very, very close attention to this next verse. But when it pleased God, everybody see that? But when, pay close attention to how that's worded now, because if you don't, you're going to miss it. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Let's go back to verse 15. But when it pleased God, who did what? Separated me from what? My mother's womb. Does everybody see what he's saying? I was out here persecuting the church. I was killing folks. I was profiting in my own religion. But then God separated me from my mother's womb. In other words, while I was doing all of this, I was unseen. I was still in my mother's womb. What good is a baby in the mother's womb? You know what they're doing? They're giving their mother a bigger appetite. They're sucking up all the nutrients that the mother is eating on the inside of there and ain't doing nothing. They ain't washing dishes. They're not washing cars. They're not doing nothing. Everybody understand? Uh, the baby on the inside of that mother's womb, all they're doing is receiving. See what, see what, look at how Paul worded it in verse 14. And profited in the Jews' religion. In other words, it was all about me. I wasn't going to grow there. Everybody see? What is he saying? As long as I was in that old mindset and in that old environment, I was just like a baby that hadn't been born yet. I didn't even start really living until God called me and separated me from my mother's womb. Does everybody see that? In other words, what is he saying? You're not living yet until you come out from among them and be separate. Then you start breathing. Yeah, the baby's alive, but they're not in there breathing. Y'all know that. No, they're not in there breathing. They can't see, can't smell. They got all of their faculties, but they, they got all of what it takes. They just haven't been birthed yet. That's the way it is when folks stay and try to remain in that old environment. The only testimony they'll have is, I gave my life to the Lord. Nothing beyond that. They by understand. And they will walk through life not being victorious, falling back into stuff, keeping the old, the old mindset. You know why? Because they have not separated and cut that umbilical cord. God is saying, if you want me to live on the inside of you, you need to be born. And I can't birth you the way that I want to in that un unsterile environment. Everybody understand? When people give birth, they want to give birth in a clean environment. 
Nobody want to give birth by a garbage can or out by a dumpster somewhere. When you walk into a hospital, you're going to smell clean. Yeah, that's that's gonna you gonna smell all that sanitizer and all that whatever they clean with you gonna hold okay I must be in the hospital. You know why? I had a friend, my best one of my best friends, his daughter got into a bad car wreck some years ago. And it they had to fly her to Birmingham. It looked like she wasn't gonna make it. Then I'm talking to him over the phone you know, several times a week, and he's telling me she's getting better, she's getting better. You know, they had wired her mouth shut because she had broken her jaw, and so he said she can write, she can tell us what she wants, and you know, that's how we converse, we write each other. Oh, okay, so she's gonna be okay. Then one day I get this urge to go down south. You've heard the testimony of the story. But I ignore that urge, and then I get a call that night after midnight. And when I saw it was him, I knew exactly what he was calling about. A whole month she had been in the hospital recovering. But when I picked up the phone, I knew what I was going to hear. John Chastity died. How? She had been recovering. Her injuries were getting better, all of that. You know what it was? Staph infection. The environment of the hospital killed her. Everybody know what a staph infection is? That's when it's something that hadn't been cleaned get on the inside of your system. An environment that was supposed to help heal her, it killed her because they were not clean. That's what happened to believers. You can come, give your life to the Lord, look like you're recovering, you stay in that same old environment. That staph infection will get you. That's not God's will. There's a reason why God calls us among, from among our kindred. There's a reason why. He knows there's all kind of staph infections in there. That's why you were sick to begin with when you first came to me. How in the world are you going to stay in an environment of sickness when I've called you out of it? How are you going to get better staying there? Everybody understand? That's God's wisdom. If you hot, you want to be in a colder, a cooler environment. You turn your air conditioner on and you go into that environment to change. Does it make sense to be hot and, and to have an AC in the house and then to just stay hot? My wife would be the first to tell you, I. I walk by faith all the way through. I don't care what the AC bill is going to be. I'm, I know I'm not going to be hot today. Tomorrow going to take care of itself. I refuse. Everybody understand? I am not. I'm telling you about me. What y'all do is y'all. Me. If I have an AC, it's going to get used. Everybody understand? I'm no, I'm not going to have my family in there. Y'all sweat it out by faith. God can make you deal with it. No, sir. I don't know if I'm going to see them. I might not even see that bill. <laughs> I'm not going into eternity hot.
<laughs> I mean, you couldn't be my daddy. But daddy, can't we just use the same face to turn it air on? <laughs> I believe this Bible. Tomorrow's sufficient for itself. I ain't, I'm not worried about tomorrow. Everybody understand? If God got to send one of his angels to rewind some of those numbers in, at the electric place, that's just what's going to have to happen. <laughs> but we're going to be cool up in here. <laughs> so let's, let's, not, let's not allow people to pull us away from God's word. Let's honest, earnestly contend for this faith that we've learned. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for the word that you preached to us. And Lord, we pray that you will help us to take heed to what we've heard. Help us, Lord, not to sway in our minds and in our hearts away from your word. Help us, Lord, to know that your word is the norm for us. Not people's opinions, not their thoughts, not their own mindsets. But your word is our standard. Help us, Lord, not to think your way to be strange. Help us, God, to not be embarrassed to live your word and not to be ashamed of our testimonies, Lord, that you've given us. Help us, Lord, to live with boldness and not to be afraid, Lord, of what people will think or what they will say. We have your word to stand on, Lord, so help us to stand on it. Help us to be the examples that you've called us to be. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. All right, that's all now. We'll go ahead and meet up. And we'll meet up at Bukujo's uh, today. Uh, so we'll go ahead and meet up over there. So that's all now. We're dismissed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.